Welcome to Behind the Idea, where we break down investment stories from the Seeking Alpha ecosystem to find out what makes successful investment analysis work. I'm Mike Taylor, and with me today is Daniel Schwartzman to talk about a small technology company's year-end announcement that tripled its stock price, sent short sellers scrambling, and prompted Seeking Alpha author Amit Gate to take a closer look. Before we get into it, as background, Seeking Alpha is a website where investors of all kinds share their ideas and analysis. Also, a disclosure, neither Daniel nor I have any positions in any companies discussed. With that, let's get started. Today we're going to talk about Energus, ticker symbol WATT, W-A-T-T and a controversial announcement that it made towards the end of 2017, uh, the resulting huge jump in share price, and then the reaction from people who have been bearish over the stock for a long time. And with me to sort of break down the most recent events and give context is Daniel Schwarzman. So Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit of the story behind Watt in general and uh, the most recent sort of kerfuffle that's emerged around this company. Sure. Thanks, Mike. Watt is a small company, a developing company that is trying to sell uh, um, chargers. A ch- they're trying to design and then productize a technology to charge electronic equipment at a distance. So instead of having to plug your phone in or your computer in or what, and I'm just speaking in general, you can use Watt's power emitter to charge your phone or whatever other device. And so you're less tethered to a cord. So that's sort of the, the business plan. Um, Watt has been, you know, been around as a, market topic for a while. Um, I would say since at least it looks like it IPO'd in 2014, I think we were starting to publish regularly about it by 2015. No, actually already by mid-2014, we were regularly publishing about it. Um, It's a company that hasn't yet earned any meaningful revenues. It's a company that is It's still, it's essentially, you, some have said this should be a private company. It's more like a VC-backed uh, long shot. Some have said that it's like a biotech company. It's, in theory, I suppose there's a big opportunity for cordless charging. And so Watt has been telling that story and selling that story and trying to build a business out of that. And um, they have historically not not made significant traction. They had a partnership right. with Di- Dialogue Semiconductor, which was seen as a, as a point of legitimacy and I think is the main source of their revenue. Um, but Dialogue is having trouble with Apple anyhow, and they're not getting much there. There's constantly been sort of the stock twit fueled rumors that they would be in the next iPhone two or three times, and then they haven't been, and so... That was that led us up to the holiday week where it had sort of hit a, hit a 
Well, it had hit bottom to some degree because it wasn't in the last in the iPhone 8 or the X. Um, the technology, then, the charging technology. The, the, I right, and I, I'm going to get out on a limb. I think not only was Watts not in there, but I think Apple sort of used, like, went with a different standard from Broadcom or somebody similar, and uh -huh. so not only didn't have it yet, but said actually we're doing somebody else's, and so. That seemed to puncture the story, but then last week happened. Okay. So just to kind of put a fine point on it, uh, Watt loses money. It's trying to develop a new technology that seems like it's kind of the kind of technology that's going to really get retail investors excited because it's something that people would think was cool to use. Wireless charging sounds really neat, and I think that might be uh, fueling some of the the bullishness around the stock. Uh, it loses money uh, since it IPO'd. It, uh, they have uh, $46 million in 2016 SGNA, which is the kind of expenses that you book when you're, you know, paying your people salaries and all that kind of stuff, versus $33 million in R&D spending in the same year. Uh, I think it's interesting that the company spends more on administrative stuff than it does on developing the technology when it only has a couple, 1.45 million in revenue. It's the kind of company that uh, you have to be really careful when you're looking at it because uh, there's a lot of money that's going into things that don't necessarily develop the technology, and if the technology is the main play here, then that's a warning sign to me, in my opinion. But anyway, enough with the background about the company. Let's get into what happened at the end of the year. So uh, Energis, Watt, I'm going to call it Watt because I think that's how I, I know it. I, that's how I, that's the word I say in my head when I think of this company, Watt. Uh, they put out a press release, an announcement on December 26th, which is sort of a weird day for an announcement, uh, the market's a little bit half asleep after Christmas. And uh, so can you take us into this announcement? What did they announce and what was it supposed to mean and what happened as a result, Daniel? So the big news last week was that they, they announced that they had, um, they were, receiving FCC approval for their uh, technology. Um, they announced FCC certification of their first-gen Watt app midfield transmitter. <laughs> transmitter. <laughs> and that sounds like a big deal. That, And I think the parallel to biotech is, is actually pretty pretty fitting here in that when a biotech company wins phase two, phase two results look good or phase three results look good or especially um, FDA approval, that's a big moment. That's pretty exciting. Usually by the time they get to that point, a lot of it is priced in, but that's a big deal. So mm -hmm. what by announcing FCC certification, that seems like a similarly pivotal point in their history wherein they may start to be able to go to market. The regulators to market. are on their side now. 
Got it. So a big sort of big step forward. And then the price shot up, I guess, from around below 10 to <laughs> 32, 31. So the stock basically tripled on this announcement, which does seem totally wild to me. Uh, then again, it's really small company, right? So small changes in fortune can mean a lot, although it's now a half billion dollar company as of today in terms of equity value, Correct. which also seems ludicrous to me when they have no meaningful revenue. But look, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, so, so let's talk about um, this announcement because so Amit Gate at the beginning of this year sort of broke down what happened. And so he says, okay, this announcement that the regulators are now on Watt's side is hype. And he thinks that hype is a main driver of share price action. So I want to talk about hype. How does hype work? Why does hype work in the stock, stock market? A couple of things that uh, Ahmed talks about are the press release, which he said was trying to sort of maximize the change in share price because it's a low volume holiday type period. He also mentioned some analyst reports that come out and uh, he, he talks about announcements that aren't real announcements or news that isn't really news. So let's talk a little bit about this concept of hype. How does hype manage to affect the stock market? Is, is it just people getting excited or what? How come, a, how come a, if he's right, why is he right? How is it that just the mere hyping of a stock can get people excited enough to change, change the price so much? It sounds like you're offering me a Bitcoin for my thoughts, Mike. <laughs> um, the, look, I think it's I think there are a couple things that that go into this. One is it is probably a it's a small company. It's a thinly held float, so that there aren't a ton of shares popping about. Um, you release big news like this, and you have a lot of people who have been disappointed in the past by the story because it doesn't seem to, another analyst on Seeking Alpha, Paulo Santos, talks about the carrot fallacy uh, and how the company keeps pushing the day of when they'll actually have real revenue and when they'll have products to market. They, they keep consistently pushing it out to 12 to 18 months from the present. And so Where's we've had a lot- Where's the carrot there? What's the carrot? The carrot is the revenue? Revenue- Let's talk about this carrot. carrot concept for a second it's revenue it, it's business essentially it's it's when it becomes a business that supplies products to uh, other companies or to, to users that will um, that will that will make the company money I, I, I so the carrots becoming a real business that's what the carrot is it's the promise that the company and then who who's wants this carrot? It's investors? Correct. So so look, and this is where I think the hype's so interesting, because it, it, as Ben Graham has taught us, you own a share in a business. It's not just pieces of paper. Um, Paolo has this great graphic and actually like mathematical symbols to show his theory, uh, what he calls time to carrot model. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and yeah, the, the, the investor, is looking for an objective, which Paolo describes as delivery of a full-size watt-up 
transmitter. Um, and that's the carrot, right? The watt which transmitter? Power well, because, charging to market because it would be a revolutionary technology. You'd make a lot of money, right. and then so it's not so in theory. So that's where the hype starts. It's, it's the hype isn't just hype in and of itself. In this case, mm. I, it can seem that way with things like Bitcoin or whatever. But in this case, there's a clear story. It has to come and, from somewhere. Right. And you said like cool technologies that might be more conducive to a story like this. Uh, cool sounding technologies, let's say. And yeah, so that, yeah, I like this. So that's where the hype starts. And then there's this, this fear of missing out and wanting to get the price starts moving and you have both real investor or human investors who are thinking, oh, gee, I got to get in on that. This is really moving. Something must be going on. They take that mm -hmm. as a that's not an output of the stock's fundamental value. It's an input. It's telling you that, oh, the stock must be good because right. it's going higher. And I think algorithms, many of them are pro programmed based on that very notion. And so uh -huh. you have this, I think that's what really, so if the story is the, is the um, fuel, the, this, this fear of missing out on the ride or wanting to ride, maybe even knowing that you're going to be, that this is junk, but that you're going to be able to ride it higher. That's uh -huh. the, the spark or the gasoline that really sets the fire going higher. And so I think those are the Got two. It. And then maybe the the third and last type or piece of the story, which is where uh, Amit in his article is 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 useful, and where look a lot of the discussion on Seeking Alpha on Twitter, wherever else, you have a lot of smart investors investors who are short watt, and many of them said how much this might have ruined their holiday season. You have the fuel of the people on the long side, but then you have the fuel of people on the short side who let's say, are on holiday and don't really want to deal with having to mark a terrible loss in their short book because right. of this crazy spike and are either, you know, called on margin to, to buy the shares back or are otherwise incentivized to give up on the long-term story because they're stuck in the short-term short squeeze. And so I think that's the last sort of – and this isn't the most egregious case of it, but that's, I think, the last piece of the puzzle Wow. this – Hype rocket. Awesome. Okay. So to recap, it's kind of there are a couple of different parts. So basically, Daniel, what you're saying is that uh, hype is a real force in the market. Uh, you accept that idea. You sort of with Amit Gate on this. He's the analyst who wrote in the new year. And uh, your reasons for that are that there is a future real business and that the stock market is trying to value future real business. Even if you can't see any results today, there is this carrot coming the, that Paulo Santos, our other uh, shout out to Paulo Santos, shout out to Amit Gate. Uh, he posits that there's the market can see that something may be coming around the corner and it needs to price that in and value that as part of the company. That leaves investors vulnerable to hype because if the promise becomes larger, then the share price will move as a result of that. Then beyond that, you have uh, the idea of momentum, uh, which is that people will just trade along with the trend. And that's part of what we saw here. And making that worse is that if you're short a stock, you may get called to buy it 
if it spikes as it's done here. So the, what our takeaway kind of is so far is that uh, we're with we're with Amit Gate, who I believe shorted into this rally. So as the stock was going up to around 30, he went short it. So he was set to benefit if it declined. Uh, we're basically with him that hype moves stocks, that the market's not efficient in the sense that something totally new happens that tripled how good a company Watt was over this period. Uh, but let's move on from that. So the next piece of the argument that Ahmet talks about is that there's a, a fallacious bull case. Basically, his argument is that the bulls are saying, are setting a straw man for themselves, basically that, uh, and I'm, I'm summarizing and recapping, so if I don't have this 100% correct, you'll know why. But the bulls say that the bears say that the, that the technology doesn't work at all. And so if there's any evidence that the technology works at all, that the short thesis is invalid and therefore the stock should be priced higher, that the bulls are correct, so uh, the stock should go up. So what do you think about this type of argument that Amit's making? He's saying basically it's like three layers deep of back and forth. He's saying that the bears say that the bulls say this thing, and because that's not accurate, then the, there's this unsophisticated bull thesis that's driving him to be bearish. What do you think of that mode of argument? That like saying someone else is saying something that's wrong, so you're right. I, what do you think? I I don't want to distract too much, but I watched the other night um, an interview or listened to an interview. David, or not an interview, but David Einhorn gave a talk at Oxford Investing Club or something in England, I and saw he, that too. yeah, he, and so you saw that he said at the beginning something about like. I was I loved to debate as a kid, and you have you go to debate tournament and you debate four times pro and four times con, and so you have to really know the ins and outs, and that informs our investing. Um, which yeah, so I think you need to know the other side. Sometimes I, I think sometimes, especially on the long side, we get a little bit too obsessed with that, and I think there's another thing I know. Another thing Einhorn says is time arbitrage is sort of your big advantage. Uh, and he says some people won't buy a stock because they don't think it'll go anywhere in six months, which, you know, if it's if it should be more if it should be valued higher, who cares? Like, buy it when it's cheap, buy more if it stays cheap, and then if it gets higher, you're right. Um, I sort of think that's that's a similar issue here where sometimes it doesn't actually matter what the other side's saying. When you're shorting, it probably does every time, and it does because you're paying a borrow rate, and I think it was an expensive borrow rate on Watt, mm -hmm. and and it matters because – so I think Amit is right to go through the, these steps. I also think what's been shown to some degree with Watt's trading patterns over the years is that this is a bit futile because there is – 
it's very hard to shake true believers out of their belief in a mm-hmm. stock. And so it doesn't mean that the argument is wrong. I don't know if that was the um, the only thing that the bull, the bulls were holding on to was that FCC certification proved that this is viable. I would say likewise, and it actually played out fine, but bears in the past saying the only thing Watt shareholders are hoping for is getting in the iPhone also probably simplified things. So, you know, I think it's something that, I think it's mm-hmm. worthwhile to try to figure out what will catalyze a change. And I think what, you know, ultimately what matters in all this, um, what could, I don't know how quickly you can issue a share offering, but like where this becomes a real thing is if you issue shares at the higher price, all of a sudden you have more cash and you can keep, you can either keep building your business if you're a bullish in right. company, or or you can keep playing the game if you're a Meat Gates viewpoint that this is all just a way to make money um, from shareholders, right. not from a business. So, um, yeah. So I so I so I guess that I think it's the right approach. I think sometimes in a case like this, you have to be really comfortable that you've like hit it and that you're not at risk of another spike because who knows why. And so that would be my thoughts in terms of how a meet is applying that approach. Right. I like, yeah, I think that that, <laughs> so, okay. For me, the, this describing the other side's argument and, and then describing your own argument and then what the other side has wrong about it is risky as a tactic because it's hard to know what the market is pricing in and isn't or what investors are focusing on or not. So just as a sort of aesthetic position or in terms of making clear argumentation, I'm overall not a fan of this mode of argument argumentation where you say, here's what the other side says that I'm saying, I'm not saying that. It's just a lot of conditions have to be correct for you, for that to push the argument over the top for me. But to build on your point about self-fulfilling prophecy, I'm looking at uh, Arena Pharmaceuticals, which was a huge hype story years ago. And it sort of stumbled around and got an approval for a drug that was a weight loss drug. And this was during a lot of attention to obesity. Uh, And then it didn't really do much. But then lately, uh, it's enrolled some more people in some more studies. And it's actually now generating some sales. And I'm not saying that this is a good stock or a bad stock or anything, but I do think it's interesting that this does seem to take, it can happen for these companies that sort of seem to be suspect or have poor long-term prospects. Occasionally some of them sort of stumble into a business model eventually when there was a time where it really looked like nothing was ever going to happen for them. Uh, I I don't know what that means. I definitely don't know what that means for Watt, but (laughs) I think it's an interesting point. 
yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's, you want to keep your chair at the table. And so you try to uh, keep collecting chips as long as you can and being careful. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, um, whether or not that applies here, I'm, I'm sure if I were working at Watt, I would feel much better about my chances this week as compared to the week before Christmas. Right. Um, okay, so then one last sort of angle, and it ties back into this concept of hype, and it ties back into this idea of uh, hype turning into real world, sort of the financial market mystery world seeping out into the real world. And we have here at the end of the article, um, it talks about uh, Watt basically bringing F an FCC chairman onto the conference call and having him give this really sort of humorously canned, bullish comment about, uh, about the technology. And then a tweet from uh, the current FCC commissioner, Ajit Pai, who specifically tweeted at the company's Twitter handle, use the hashtag WADUP representing the technology, and, and then linked to the company's press release. Uh, I think it's interesting, why am I bringing this up? Because these are instances of regulators who have real power to affect the company's fundamentals, making comments that seem to be sort of hyping the stock and maybe without justification to the business model, but they're also in a position to really affect what happens to the company. So I thought that this twist was not something in a biotech hype situation or where things are, a biotech stock is shooting up. You sometimes have the FDA playing some kind of role in that, but it's not common to see, at least in my experience, a regulator actually coming out and like going on social media with a bullish take on a stock. I was just sort of floored by this. Have you ever seen anything like that? Uh, the closest thing that comes to mind for me is uh, Sprout Pharmaceuticals, which uh, had a drug, I think, a cream, a topically applied uh, female sexual arousal disorder drug, and no one thought it would be approved. And they, this is sort of the reverse, maybe. There was a giant social media campaign by consumers and advocacy groups to lobby the FDA to approve this drug on sort of a feminist argument that if there's Viagra and male pleasure drugs, there should be female pleasure drugs as well. And it sort of set aside the argument over whether the drug worked or was safe. And the FDA seemingly reacting to this social media campaign approved the drug. And then Valiant bought the company for like a billion dollars and it's never done anything since. So I've seen, I guess, 
That's not exactly the same, but it is a regulator sort of seeming to be vulnerable to an information campaign uh, that's probably tied to the company, although I don't know whether that was the case for Sprout. I would guess that the company had something to do with financing that social media campaign, but that's speculation on my part. I don't know. Uh, the point is that regulators are human, and so they can do weird human stuff like this, which we don't often think about. What do you, I mean, that, but that's the closest I can, I've never seen the head of the FDA go, you know, Pfizer's next drug is going to be awesome, and then link to a press release, you know. I don't think I've ever seen that, which is more what this is with Ajit Pai. Yeah, I just, I thought it strange. I don't have, I, I asked you because I think you sort of, you're in D.C. I feel like you're more plugged into, like, the, what, the, the where po politics intersects with investing than I am. But, yeah, to me it just seemed very. Say it. Uh, say, what you, say what you mean here, Daniel. <laughs> Alarming, I think alarming, alarming. Uh -huh. but 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 what I'm trying to wonder, what I'm trying to catch myself with is, first of all, I could imagine my House of Representative uh, Congressman, I could imagine him saying, "Hey, Herman Miller did a great job," and like calling out a company, and so I'm not sure, right? If he held shares in the stock, that would be concerning. But like I, I could see that uh, a little hometown boosterism. So I guess there's, but also right. you know we we expect. I don't know if he's done so recently, but if, if President Trump tweeted about look at Fifth Third for raising wages after the tax bill, or look at whatever company, you sort of. And I know we've kind of grown immune to to Trump's effect on the stock. On individual stocks, but you're, you're, it's hard to tout a fifty billion dollar bank or whatever. Like there's mm -hmm. a certain, whereas when it's a, at the time two hundred or one hundred million dollar tech company without any revenue, and you know it, what Meek does a nice job of dissecting is, and I think a lot of other people have said this as well is, is that look they they got approval for. A, a technology, it's a technology that delivers significantly less power than is meaningful for any business purpose. And so the company is claiming that this establishes a precedent that they can, that the FCC is open to this type of power charging at a diff distance, which I, I don't know that's the regulatory or scientific aspects enough to to speak with first-hand knowledge on but like there's a there's a little bit of there's exaggeration of a story in a small cap stock it looks this is the sort of thing that from you know we've spent years sort of pouring over short ideas long ideas questionable stories on either side of the aisle it raises Fundamental questions about the stock, but then also for an for a key regulator in the government to do it. You know, I I it, it, I I find that alarming. Yeah, this FCC chairman, I, he's he's 
and puzzling figure to me. So my view is like, what do I think that Ahmed did did well here? I think that he established something that I'm going to argue this way, which is that uh, that the, the stock market can be vulnerable to announcements that don't actually have much fundamental impact that for whatever reason investors can react strongly to the perception that there's news when maybe there actually isn't news where i don't know that he did much work as you might have liked is on what's the what's the value in this company if any he doesn't say that it's a zero i don't think and uh, maybe that's the thesis, but I didn't get a great sense of just my issue that you can't conclude that just because something moved up on hype that it's worth less than that by itself. You need additional information. So in, in terms of being a totally comprehensive short idea, I don't think this necessarily gets Got there for me. I liked it. It was entertaining, and it sounds more right than wrong in my just gut feel assessment. Uh, but uh, which which brings me to one other point, which is that we get some ideas that are simple and don't go through all the details. And we had one of those today. A lot of them seem to be hype. And the observation is pretty simple. It's just like you don't know anything about blockchain technology. They were, you know, they were making clothes, and now they're doing Bitcoin stuff. Uh, sometimes the thesis can be that simple, I think. So while this wasn't like a perfect idea, I thought it it was convincing enough to be worth highlighting for sure, and it's definitely something that people should uh, take into account for their own investment process. What about you, Daniel? I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is worth remembering that he has written up his fuller valuation or whatever else. I think it's also, we talked oh. about this on an, uh, 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 well, no, and I, I take your point. Like, I think you acknowledge that. I, I think we talked about this, we've talked about Overstock, for example, and how Bitcoin is a big part of the story and, it's either going to the moon or that part of the business doesn't matter. When you get into where the story and where some future technology is is what's driving the share price, you better be comfortable not only knowing what the story is and what will actually happen with good probability, but also what everybody else is going to think about the story. Um, because you're in speculation world, you're in a different right, and so I think you know, and this is, I mean, Amit's article is quite good, and I, as somebody who has found the short side more compelling, I find that interesting. But I don't think he's convincing anybody new with that speech or with that article, right. and so it's it's the same as a, a political speech. It's the same as as a political article, like, yeah, you can tell me that 
tax reform is great, but if I disagree, you're going to have a hard time convincing. Like it's it's a challenge because we're not. He does a nice job of trying to ground it within. Like he's not he's not ad hominem. He's not pejorative. He just says, "Here's what the company's saying. Here's what the filing says, etc." But unfortunately, it gets hard to share share the same facts on on stories like this. And so I think that's, I, I hope, you know, I hope everybody who invests in what either way, like gets what they're looking for, but <laughs> I would be, I would, I would stay at a further distance from the shares than they could charge me back up with, with their what up transmitter. <laughs> nice. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> Lots of stay away. The carrot's too far away for Daniel. And that's a wrap for Behind the Idea, where we break down investment stories from the Seeking Alpha ecosystem to find out what makes successful analysis work. Thanks to Daniel Schwartzman for joining me, and thanks to Amit Gate for his article.